This is Pedro. This is Tara. And welcome to the Goddard's Real and Raw Talk Show. Hi, happy Sunday, everyone. Happy Sunday, everybody. How's everybody doing today? On the God is Real and Raw podcast, That's I'm Pedro. Right. I'm Tara. And welcome to joining us today. We're so glad you took time out of your busy schedules to um, come on and watch us for a little bit. Mm-hmm. As we talk and shoot the breeze a little bit. And then we're going to have Andre the Battles come on in a little bit. That's right. Um, he's getting set up and then he'll be joining us shortly. Yeah. He's going to give us his testimony and where he is and where he was. Mm-hmm. And we just want to say um, again, thank you everybody for joining us been a really busy Sunday. I don't know about you all, but it seems like the weekends go so fast. The week itself go back. Well, yeah, I don't even know what I did this week, to be honest. <laughs> I don't even like Monday. Oh, I went to Cardiff on Monday. Yeah, you went away. I was away. in Cardiff on Monday because we did, yeah, we actually did a show where I actually came in from a different angle last last week. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. We was able to yeah. see the work. It did work. Mm-hmm. And then we, um, I was in Cardiff, came home. And then, like, the whole week just went so fast. Tuesday, Wednesday, like, next thing I know, it's Friday. Yeah. It don't take long for the week, the weekend to just go. You know what I mean? By the time you get through Sunday, Monday, and actually by Wednesday, the week is over. True. True. And then we so, get... But count it all joy. Yeah, yeah. Because we're alive still. We're alive and, and well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God yes. is good all the time. All the time. God is good. There you go. Yeah, and then... And just then the weekend is because we do stuff on the weekend. We do a Bible lesson mm-hmm. on Sabbath with my mom and um, Bible lessons for the children mm-hmm. to be baptized. So we do that on the weekend on Sabbath. So, right. And then Sunday, well, not every Sunday, but every now and then you are busy on Sunday. Yeah, well, I do this this women support group quarterly. Where you can come in, I post it on Facebook and all the different platforms, Instagram and everything. Where women can come in and have a safe space, where they can come and talk about different things that they may be going through. Like this, um, this Sunday we covered the woman with the issue of blood and her faith, and and because of her faith, even though she went to all these different physicians and, and wherever she went to, all the different people didn't give her what God can give her. And when she touched the hem of of God's garment, she was healed immediately. And it's the faith, that's the faith that we need when we're going through problems in our lives. And even when we don't see a way out, God already have a way out for us. Mm-hmm. It's um, what we do with it. What we do with the faith that God, that we need to build so we can know that God can heal. Because, you know, and the thing is, are you ready for that healing? We want healing. We want deliverance. We want all of these things. But when we get it, are we going to give God praise for that? Are we going to say thank you, God, for this, or are we just going to go on our merry way? And that's some of the things that we covered today in the women's support group. Um, and we will be posting. We'll be going again. Like I said, we do it quarterly. And um, we do have a WhatsApp group that um, if you, I will put the information in um, later on throughout the show, maybe towards the end. And I'll give that information if you want to be, you know, if any woman or if you want to know For any. Woman. For women, a women only group. Sorry, sorry, gentlemen, only right. And we don't do any recording in the group. It's basically you come in on the Zoom, you talk, and you know that's it. So what happens on the Zoom stays on the Zoom. What happens in that circle stays in it. 
Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then yesterday I do a talking point on front on Saturday afternoons. We did on stress mm-hmm. and the effects that stress can have. Um, the two different types of stress, um, the different things that will um, make you become stressed and things that can help you to alleviate the stress. Mm-hmm. And um, more about men and um, how we don't like to talk. And um, I think on this show, on this podcast, this podcast and doing talking point has allowed me to be more. Hey, Sharon. Hey, Sharon. Allows me to be more um, open and more free in my emotions and everything that I do and everything that I talk about. Right. I don't care. I just don't care anymore. I'm just going to tell you how I feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I think it's that it's important that men can. Can find well, that vulnerable place. Yeah, well, they. Well, I've been told that sometimes my I can hurt people's feelings, but I'm not trying to. But I, just, <laughs> I just, you know, I hurt your feelings sometimes. You do, but hey. But you know, there's out of love. Mm-hmm. So I think I, we both have a part in. You know, it takes two, and I think once we both find our place in our um, in our marriage, and we know, we find that even women have to open up their vulnerable space for their husbands. Not all women do that as well. So I just think it's important that we show our emotions and show our feelings to each other so we can, because what he said about communication, the guy, what was his name, Leon? He was talking about communication is listening. Yeah. But communication is not just talking. Communication is actually listening, comprehending what that person is saying. Oh, no, he was also saying communication is not verbal. Communication Mm -hmm. is also in actions and what you Mm -hmm. do. Yeah, definitely. Just like like that word, that phrase, you know, talk is cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, the actions speak louder than words. Right. Things like that. Hey, so, Frederica. You know. mm-hmm. Hey, Frederica. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we told you we, we had a good show yesterday about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, so yes. And then today, it just seemed like maybe because we oversleep, not oversleep, but we sleep in a little, try sleeping a little late. You know, like, on the weekends, you need, you need that rest. You need that extra yeah, sleep. Yeah, but then you wake up and you're just rushing everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, like, you know, we have to make sure, you know, the laundry's done, the kids are fed, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want the kids to be hungry, and, you know, right. we got to teach them how to cook. Well, I mean, yeah. they know how to cook, but we got to teach them how to, you know, like cook a, big meals. Like cook a meal, yeah, right. some rice and beans or something, you know. <laughs> we got them air fryers in there, we better let them, throw some meat, or throw some up in that air fryer and let it cook. <laughs> yeah, they know how to do that. Mm-hmm. They do know how to do that, though. Yeah, they do. They make eggs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so, um, let's see, we was talking, about, I was... I don't know if you knew this, but did you know that they actually have, a, I think I read somewhere, and I've been looking around, I've seen it in a couple of places, mm-hmm. but they have approved the vaccine for 5 to 11. Really? In the UK? Yep. No way. So I was going to put you on the spot. Are you going to let the kid do it? Let Kaya do it? Oh, I mean, in Sky well, Kaya too? already had COVID, so I don't know what how that works. I mean, she still guy. can get it, whether well, she had it, because you know, it. you still can get I, COVID even though you have had right, it before. Right, but I don't think she can get the shot for a certain amount of time because she just had it like two three weeks ago okay so she has to wait okay but um but like sky yeah i will let her get it okay. if she we'll talk to her about it and see what her initial thoughts is give her the, give her yeah we're not we're not monsters we're not gonna be like you're taking it no matter what <laughs> yeah i don't that's not the road we went down with uh you know with pedro you yeah. know with our oldest we, we asked him and he actually wanted to do it and he did his own little investigation so, you know, he did. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I think it's a good thing, you know. 
if you if you want it and if you educate your children on on the um, the vaccine and, and it's been going around for so long now, I'm sure they know something about it. And um, and then, yeah. and then of course we you know we could talk about it. I'm done talking about it because it's over. It's been a week. Oh. Time. <laughs> we talked. We we came on the show Monday that we normally don't do. That we said we we're gonna start doing more often. That we're gonna start coming on like when events happen and stuff. We're gonna come on and give our thoughts mm-hmm. on on the events that's happening in the world. Right. Um, we have the platform to do so. Um, why not? It's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. Therapeutic. <laughs> and I do enjoy it. So yeah, we can come on and talk for a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can talk for a while longer than we thought. We took like oh, we come for 15, 20 minutes. We end up being for like an hour. Yeah. And that's of course it's the Will Smith slap heard <laughs> around the world. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll just leave that. We're, we're done. This is you know. Yeah. Let them work out their problems. Let them work out this issue that he has and all the things going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it seems like that's the only thing running, we've covered. Everybody's running for him. Mm-hmm. Everybody's dropping him like a bad habit, you know. So that, you know, you're but you know, the thing is, you have to be careful. Your actions, it's consequences for your actions, isn't it? Oh yeah. And that's one thing that we teach our children, you know. I, you, I hopefully he didn't think he just went up there and smacked somebody and then it wasn't no consequences behind it. You know, mm-hmm. there's consequences for everything. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Anything else? How about your week otherwise? I had a good week. Um, um, I've been preparing for some different projects that I'm doing and singing for. And tomorrow, actually, um, singing at a funeral. And um, I'm always nervous before I sing. But I think that just got humbled in my spirit to get ready to to serve him. So, you know, that's the main thing. So, but, um, yeah. Okay. So, get ready. Hey, Tim, my cousin watching. How you doing? But, um, so happy to have you on with us. Yeah, my week, I'm driving down again this week. Mm-hmm. I'm back to driving again. So, enjoy the weather. Enjoy the Driving in the rain. I think the other day I was driving. I saw I had four seasons in like the drive. I had <laughs> sun, then I had snow. No, Pedro, we had sleep. a whole snow situation. No, I had, I had snow, mm-hmm. and then it was sunny. Right. Then it was sleep. <laughs> then it was literally hell. <laughs> like literally hell. Like this. Like, the UK like, weather is definitely bipolar. But there was like little pebbles. Like, mm. these, yeah. Like hell, and like, they hurt too like when they, they hurt, hit your yeah. face. Mm-hmm. And, all of that it was just it was a whole situation it was bright then it was i was was legit irritated i posted something on facebook and i was saying look i don't understand this weather i was really looking forward to the sun you know i'm getting tired of snow and rain and all this actually i like the weather i don't like the sun so i'm saying just a a little warmth is good for your skin vitamin d put on some extra clothes no no (laughs) (laughs) look once you're hot you can't get cold once you're cold you can get hot Mm, no the point is i just you know i'm ready to see um, it's spring and it's snowing Mm, yeah no it's not no it always what you mean hey tina hey y'all hey tina what you mean it's always what you're talking about um I know it's like that here in the UK, but I'm just saying, in some places it's sun, baby, it's hot. Yeah, it's too hot. You get sunstroke. Well, that may be the case, but just a little bit in the UK. You get sun in the UK. You know, we always you just don't get. We always enough. get rain all the time. Rain, rain, and you get sun. Rain, rain, gone. Come back another day, for real. <laughs> anyway, stop complaining. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, otherwise my week was good. Um, like I said, just had a real busy week. Mm-hmm. It was all a blur. 
something happened. I can't remember what happened. So I guess I just have to, you know, if it comes up in my head, I'll say something. But then, maybe not. I don't know. I just can't remember. But what did you think about our guest that's coming on? Well, I think he's a very um, educated and um, influential person. He does a lot of TikTok and Instagram mm-hmm. and YouTube videos. Right. Um, mostly TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook. Wow. Um, very makes you think. Um, his, his whole, I think his whole premise is just to make you think. Just right. To he's not telling you to do what he says. He's just trying to give you knowledge. Right. So yeah. Well, you know, everybody's testimony can help someone and lift someone. You get what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. It may not reach everyone, but the the point is, is to reach that one person mm-hmm. that may can receive a blessing from anyone. And we all have a story. But not everyone want to tell it. You get what I'm saying? We all have something up there. We all have something in our closet or something that you know, a lot of people just like, I ain't telling my business and you don't have to. But um, you never know who you have been doing that process if you choose to tell. That's true. Good story. Hi, my Auntie Carrie is on. Hi, Auntie. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> my Auntie was on with us last time, man. It's so good. Thanks to guys so much for the support. Oh, we we some, appreciate it. We have some people on Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. Melissa said, Hey guys, I agree, Tyler. I'm missing the sun and sea for sure. Hi, Melissa. I know you are. You're over there in the week. Oh, I don't want to say where you are. <laughs> I only tell people where they are, so I'm not going to say where you are. <laughs> but thank you for joining us. And yeah, I, I, I mean, I miss the sun. I don't miss the sea because I was never a beach person. I was a rock person. Yeah. I like jumping off the rocks. So, in Bermuda, yeah. In Bermuda, yes. mm-hmm. I never was a beach person. I don't like the sun. It's mm-hmm. everywhere and you can't find it. After you come out, you find sand later on all over the place <laughs> in places you didn't know existed. Right. So, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. But I'm really excited about our guest and, and what he's going to say. Yeah. He's waiting uh, for him to come on now. Now we're just waiting for him to come in. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, he can get his time to. <laughs> well, he was doing, he was. He was walking, out. Yeah, yeah, he was out. And when, he, when we did the test, right. so he may be just getting in. Oh, and, look. Um, we talking him up right now. Yeah. So before we um have him come, his name is Andre Battles, and he's from Huntsville, Alabama. I think that's what he said, right? No, he lives there. Oh, he lives there. Okay, so he, gonna you know what? He's going to pretty much tell us um who he is and where he's from, and pretty much tell us his story. And I hope you guys be blessed. And thank you again for tuning in. So here he goes. Hey guys. Hi, Mr. Hey. Battles. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How about you guys? You're doing, You're doing good. wonderful, man. We're doing wonderful. I see you out there still enjoying the sun. Most definitely. Most <laughs> definitely. When I when I got off the phone with you guys earlier, I said, you know what? I'm just going to stay outside. It's 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 such a beautiful day. I don't want to uh, I, I don't want to escape from it. So I'm definitely. just going to use the energy of, of of creation, the energy of nature, to share yeah. my story with you guys. Yeah, no problem. That's fine. That's fine. You're looking all bright and everything. You sitting <laughs> up here in the dark, um, <laughs> in the dark room. Wait, oh, you know in the dark I studio. I don't got my light on. Oh, and my husband ain't got his light on. But yeah, that's what it is. Well, hopefully, I I I know the lighting is it makes a big difference. But hopefully, uh, the individuals that do come will hear what is being said, Definitely. and they will get caught up in what is being said more so than anything else. I, I'm very grateful to you guys, both uh, Pedro and Sister Tara for the opportunity. Mm. Thank you so much for, you know, taking the invitation to come. Right, we you're welcome. That you said that you're, ready, that you're willing to come on. So yeah, man, I've been 
telling Todd for a while, so we need to get him on because I've been watching your TikToks and stuff. And when I've been, we've been following you for a long time. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. That brings a smile to my face. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm an unconventional minister. And all that means is I don't have a church. I, I don't have a bachelor's degree in theology. Mm -hmm. um, I simply serve God from passion. Mm. I serve him from my heart. And, uh, you know, the world that we live in, um, mm -hmm. there are some who feel as if you hadn't went through the, the correct channels, then they won't give you their attention. Definitely. But uh, I'm grateful for anybody that uh, will listen, that mm -hmm. will participate in this ministry, um, because, again, it comes from my heart. And I, and I hope that it uh, would leave my heart and enter into yours. That's yep. my desire. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. So let's, you want us to lead, lead us off with prayer? And then we that sounds started. good. Let's pray. Right. Father in heaven, again, we thank you for this opportunity that you've blessed us all with here today. Lord, there are individuals under the sound of my voice that are going through different struggles, that are, that are experiencing different addictions privately, and that they are perhaps not knowing where to turn for answers. Lord, I am not the savior. I, I, Jesus died for me. I didn't die for anybody. However, Lord, I know that you've told us in your word that our testimony is going to be a powerful tool in our hands to defeat the enemy and to uplift some discouraged soul. So I'm asking, Lord, that that would be exactly what happens here. I ask that you would take, uh, take full front center stage and that you would be heard through my story. This is my prayer. And I pray it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Battles. You so guys are to, welcome. I want to start off something with where you can get into everything because you have a lot of different platforms. You have TikTok, you have, uh, you have Instagram. You know, I don't have Instagram currently. Right. I used to, but I'll get back right. to that I at some so. point. Okay, I mm -hmm. think you had it from my right. Okay, but I, you did a, you did you put a quote on the other day on um, Facebook, and mm -hmm. I screenshot it because I was like, I'm, I want to lead with this because I think it will go into um, everything. It says, "All I want to do is preach, teach, encourage, and uplift." That's it. yes. That's my purpose. My gift will make a way into your heart and encourage you for the better. One hundred. Yes, yes. Um, why? Where, where? Where did? At this point in your life, where you are now, with that statement, how did you get to that point in your life? Like, from like, tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you got into the ministry that you're doing now and everything. Well, Pedro, Tara. First of all, let me say that I knew from a child, from a very young age. You remember when we were kids? Uh, we all had different aspirations. Well, some of us wanted to be firefighters. Mm -hmm. Some of us wanted to be lawyers and policemen, um, maybe even a doctor. Right. But I was seven and eight years old, and I knew that preaching was my gift. Mm. I knew that. I mean, from the, from the day that I became aware of myself and knew that I was a human being that had breath and I was alive and I could make a decision, I knew from then. Mm -hmm. that ministry was what I was called to do. Um, mm -hmm. If I have to give a reason as to how I knew that, the year was, two, was 1991. My dad and I were not having the type of relationship that you would expect for a father and a son to have. He right. was verbally and physically abusive. 
And one evening, I run, I'll never forget, it was, I believe it was a Friday, if I'm not mistaken, and we were watching Edward Scissorhands on television. Yeah. Uh, it had came on ABC. I'll never forget it. I, if, if, if it was 1991, then I was seven years old, mm. eight years old, rather. And uh, at the time, as this show was going on, my dad and I got into a situation. Uh, he pushed me and I fell. And where I fell, it, I was injured severely. Let me just say that. Mm. And my mother called the police. She had had enough. My dad had repeated this kind of behavior. I would go to school beat up, bruised up, black eyes, uh, things of this nature. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember when the police came to take my dad to jail, I looked at my mother and I said, why does my daddy hate me so much? Mm -hmm. And I remember at eight years old, she grabbed me by the shoulders, hoisted me up onto the bathroom counter in the bathroom where we lived. Mm -hmm. And uh, she looked me dead in the eyes. And those next words that she's spoken to me have never left me. And she mm -hmm. said, this has been 30 years. She says, Andre, and she looked me dead in my face. She said, I don't know why your father treats you the way he does. But one thing I do know is that God is going to use it for his glory. Nice. That was what she told me at age eight years old in 1991. Wow. And when she told me that, I mean, somehow a light bulb came on. Now, it's not like I was baptized into the arts of theology at that moment. Of course, <laughs> right. life that had to be lived and I had right. to learn some things. Mm -hmm. But I knew from that moment that there was a purpose for my life and that purpose was ministry. Mm. Well, that's all it takes. Is that it takes that one time. Yes. And it doesn't always have to be a good thing for it to happen. Sometimes. That's right. In the in the midst of trouble, in the midst of the sea, the storm, um, that's when you get that's when you get the clarity that you need. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, I like um, prefer to where you're talking about Peter walking on the water, how he's working on his emotions. Yes. Right. That I, I like that one. I was I've been looking at a couple of them. You got a lot, so it's hard to look at all of them. <laughs> but I do. I'd say I I I was like I. I'm going to let them know I do be watching because, you know, people say, I've been watching, but they don't really be watching. Right? <laughs> so I'm not saying it so you know for a fact, but I'm just saying we definitely are fans. We definitely have been watching. And Praise the Lord, man. I'm very and grateful. Looking at, and looking at some of the different ones you've done. Amen. So, Amen. I, so then you went on. So you so my wife said she had met you before at Oakwood in 2016, I think. That's right. Mm -hmm. All right. So at that, so you, you did become a pastor. Well, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you because you said theology, so I didn't know. We don't know, you know, we don't know that part of the the the, the, the story. So that's why we was. Well, it's it's good that you asked. Uh, most definitely, because again, you guys don't know, and then the audience doesn't know either. I went to school in two thousand and one. The year was two thousand one. I was eighteen years old. Mm -hmm. The the campus was Southwestern Adventist University in Keene, right. Texas. I had been offered a full scholarship to go to Oakwood. Mm. Um, there was a, a gentleman who was a former National uh, Football League player, NFL player, goes by the name of Reggie Dupart. Mm -hmm. And I was living in Texas at the time. He was a member of the City Temple Seventh-day Adventist Church. Mm -hmm. And uh, he and his wife were big in ministry. You guys have perhaps heard of Three Angels Broadcasting Network, Danny Shelton. Yes. Yeah. 3ABN. Well, yes, right. That's correct. 3ABN. Well, 
Reggie Dupart and his wife did a segment every Friday night where they would sit in this uh, atmosphere that looked like a fire, a campfire, and they'd mm -hmm. be talking to youth. And I can't remember the name of the segment because it's been many years. It's been at least 20 years right. uh, since they've done this segment. But uh, they would do that every week for Three Angels Broadcasting Network. They were members of the church I was attending. And I had preached a sermon at the age of 18 at City Temple this particular weekend. And they rushed up to me at the end of the message, said, brother, man, you've got a gift. You, you know, you, you, this, this, that, and the third, you know, they were giving me, uh, I guess, accolades or whatnot. Right. And uh, they were saying to me, hey, look, man, you know, we've got connections. You can go to Oakwood and uh, pretty much a full ride. Right. However, at the age of 18, I had learned to develop a relationship with God. Now, there's a whole lot of things that I've gone through and that I've learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. But at the age of 18, it seemed as if it was at a time in my life where a light bulb had come on spiritually and I was ready to surrender my will to God versus doing what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking God one evening, I was on my way to prayer meeting by myself. I was driving myself to prayer meeting, Wednesday night prayer meeting. And I asked God, I said, Lord, if it's your will for me to go to Oakwood College, which, of course, is in the town where I live now, uh, Huntsville, mm -hmm. Alabama. Mm -hmm. um, funny how life goes. I never saw myself living here. Mm -hmm. um, I asked God that if, he would, if, if, if it was his will for me to do that, show me something with Oakwood on it. Mm. That was my exact prayer. I prayed that prayer that night on my way to prayer meeting. Mm -hmm. The following week on my way home from prayer meeting, so a week went by, seven days, and I'm leaving, and I remembered the, the prayer that I had, um, the, the request I had made, and as I'm driving, I look to my left, and I see a sign that says Oakwood, <laughs> and I said, oh man, that's my sign, and as I'm driving, I'm smiling, and the Holy Spirit says, look again, and I look again, and the sign says Oakwood Cemetery. Mm. And I said, oh, <laughs> I said, no, that, that, that don't sound like a good thing. That, that don't sound like a good omen. Right. No. And so from there, interestingly enough, my mother is a native of the island of the Bahamas. Mm. And in 1980, she was sent to Keene, Texas, Southwestern Adventist University by my grandfather, the late Percy Miller, mm -hmm. so that she could escape a love interest that she was involved with on the island. My, mm. father, my grandfather didn't want her involved with a certain young man. So he packed her up and sent her all the way to America. Mm. And there she met my father, Lafayne Battles, in 1980, and that's how I came around. Mm. Well, when you think about it, around the same time in 2001, when I had prayed this prayer, was looking for a college to go to, I remember a fella that was on campus when my mother was a student there 20 years or so before calls my mom and says, don't you have a son that's college age? Shouldn't he be looking for a school to go to right now? And ironically, I say ironically, really, it was a blessing. It was divine appointment. I was at that age and I was prepared to go to school. Mm -hmm. And uh, he offered me a basketball scholarship because he was connected on campus. Right. And that's how I ended up at Southwestern Adventist University. But I'm kind of skipping along ahead there because you asked. I'm only throwing that in there as a commercial. That's I, I, I did not end up in school to finish my education. I did go 
Um, however, I got sidetracked uh, right. with a young lady in college in 2001 and two, mm -hmm. and she went on to finish her degree. I only ended up with three semesters under my belt and I never finished my degree. And to this day, I have never went back and finished. Mm. All I have to say is education doesn't make you educated. <laughs> Amen. That's right. <laughs> you didn't finish don't mean that you can't still preach and minister. That's right. That's so right. I, I didn't. I, would, I didn't say because I was trying to like put you out there. I honestly didn't know, so I was asking. That's but okay. Yeah, just, just because you know, because I never finished school. I got my GED. Yes, sir. Doesn't mean that I can't. I just learned and different in the health. I work. I'm pretty much my base is mostly is healthcare and driving okay. trucks. So yes, sir. I just went and did that, but I didn't get no degree or nothing like that. All these years later, mm -hmm. I just got life experience. Sometimes Amen. life experience is better than. Book experience in my book. I, I amen. Mm -hmm. because, amen. It you know, may take book, you longer, but it's it. But yeah, it, it, it may take you longer. But it's, it's weird because, like, even when you go and you learn something, they tell you to do it a certain way. And when you get out of mm -hmm. the real world, that that sort of way doesn't work. You still have to then adapt to the world. That's right. To get your message out. Mm -hmm. You still have to adapt to what you're doing because what they teach you book wise doesn't make you smart wise, and you have so you have to still sometimes you know. I'm not saying I'm not saying not to go to school because I don't know about not telling them to go to school, but I'm just saying you know school is good, but life life experience is to me sometimes is a whole lot better. Amen. It, it just teaches you how to deal with people, how to deal with yourself, also your spiritual walk of God, things of all that nature. You know, some things just books can't teach you. Right. Amen. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fully agree. So when so we got a picture of you up that we put up the post. And okay. I wanted to get into into that part of your story uh, about yes, how you lost how you lost your leg, and where you was at at that point. And okay. I know um, some of your your um because like I said, you have so many different videos. I, I'm like um, kind of scattered, so I'm like over here. But then I maybe missed made did this one before, but then the one I saw later was probably could have been done like two years ago or a year ago. So I don't know like the the timeline of them. Um, you, you had a real bad accident, am I right? With your in your in your um, truck. I did. Yep. Right. Um, in twenty twenty. In twenty twenty, I had a um, a pretty bad accident, like you said. Um, however, that was not the source of me having lost my leg. Yeah, I know that. Um, that was, that was um, really the beginning of. A spiritual awakening mm. um, when I got into that uh, that car wreck. Right. Um, however, the, the the tragedy that took place with me losing my leg happened several years before that in 2017. In fact, Tara, right after I met you and Justina at Oakwood, mm -hmm. right. uh, perhaps nine to ten months later, I experienced the loss of my leg. Mm. And um, you know the thing, the the way that story went. First and foremost, let me say this. Um, in this life, I've made some poor decisions. Right. And I've that. told you that, you know, mm -hmm. um, we've all been guilty. Mm -hmm. However, you know, some decisions come with certain repercussions that we wear on our physical person more so than other decisions. Right. You know, um, for example, you can have a man and a woman and mm -hmm. both be promiscuous, but because a woman has children and men don't, she may get the bad rap, whereas the man goes unscathed. Yes. Now, he's no less promiscuous, 
Right. He's been in just as much trouble as the woman has. Yeah. However, the woman bears the burden of the result of her sexual misconduct because the woman is the one that gets pregnant. Right. You understand? Well, my life has been pregnant with bad choices and it has got, gotten me in a lot of situations. And uh, before I even lost my leg, I found myself in a drug-induced state of mind. Mm -hmm. um, I was a truck driver, commercial truck driver. Mm -hmm. And I remember that even how God blessed me with my commercial driver's license was miraculous because I simply went to school uh, at the time to learn how to become a school bus driver. Right. That's a particular course and that's a particular uh, commercial license that you acquire when you do that particular course. For those of you that ever seen 18 wheelers on the highway, that's a completely another course that you must take and pass in order to get a license to do that. Right. Well, <laughs> the state of Louisiana made a folly in the year 2014. Mm -hmm. And when I went to upgrade my license from a, a hazmat, uh, from a rather from just a regular commercial license to a hazmat license, they accidentally gave me a class A commercial driver's license, which would allow me to drive Ooh. a truck. I'm a, I'm a, can I put a pin in just for a minute? Please. I'm going to tell you how lucky you are because I, I was a CDL driver. Okay. I had, I, had, I had the single, I had the doubles, I had the triples. The Did you really? I went to magic school in Birmingham, Alabama. It's probably not even in the systems anymore. Oh, wow. My father paid for me to go. I was like three grand. And uh -huh. I, did, remember I did about two weeks of training. I remember. And I got my CDL license. And I had, and I had to take like seven different tests and all this other stuff just to get to God was definitely on your side because, dude, yes. I, I'm it's not an easy thing to get. That's right. No, <laughs> de most <laughs> definitely. But go ahead. <laughs> it, just, it just made me like, yeah, you were, you were blessed. Most definitely. Uh, I, in fact, all I, all I had to do, I had already had my class B, which allowed me to drive school buses. Right. And I did that for a year. I drove school buses in Shreveport, Louisiana, mm -hmm. school year of 2011. Right. And I'm going to tell you, the young ladies on that bus, some of the high school kids, they were starting to come on to me, flirting with me. And I said, you know what? I need to get off of this bus. I'm not about to be on the news. Right. OK. Right. And you so I got right I, I made the right decision. And in fact, I remember shortly after that, unfortunately, a coach in the school system was oh. caught and got caught up with a young lady on campus at the same school I was picking up students from. These yeah. kids were fast. And you know, nowadays, young girls look older than they are. You best okay? believe it. You oh, they look older it. than they are. I remember one young lady came on the bus and just completely dropped all of her clothing in front of me. I mean, all kind of stuff would happen. And, I, and I'm only sharing that because we live in a real world. Yeah, and, yeah, I, and I had to make a decision. I said, you know what? Let me get off of this bus before I get caught up. And I got off of that school bus. I went to the DMV and I remember all I had to do uh, for my new employer to satisfy his desire was to take the hazmat uh, test on the on the computer and then upload my hazmat endorsement to my class B. Mm. And when I did that, they accidentally upgraded me from a class B to a class A with hazmat tanker endorsements, the whole nine. And I didn't, and I didn't identify it. My, my boss at the time, I took him my driver's license 
just to give him proof of the, that, that the procedure had been done. Right. And he looked down and he said, did you know they gave you a class A? Oh. Brothers and sisters, man, Tara and uh, uh, Pedro, bro. I, I drove 18 wheelers. I drove hazmat uh, vehicles. I drove, uh, 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 what's, the, what's the name of the trailer? Um, why am I forgetting the type name of it? They haul frac sand in them. The, um, and I'm forgetting. You talking about the um, refrigerated trailers? Not no. the refrigerated one. Um, because you got the trailers, you got the tankers, you got the flatbeds. You got the flatbeds. Why am right. I forgetting the name, Lord? I, it, I oh, worked no. for the oil field, and uh, it's a frack trailer. A frack, okay. frack okay. trailer. Okay. Um, okay. It's got like three triangular pods on the back of it, and there's sand in them. Mm. And, oh, okay. uh, I never got that one. I never did that one. Oh, wow. Yes. That's heavy stuff right there. Man, and I never trained one day in my life. I remember... Uh, my grandfather, my deceased grandfather, my dad's side was a truck driver. Mm -hmm. And I guess the, 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 the spirit and the gift of driving trucks passed on to me. Yeah, and yeah. I got a job working for Coca-Cola in 2014. And I remember I pulled out of the parking lot in that trailer and I sat there at the end of the driveway and I prayed. I said, Lord, I need your help. I've never went to school to how to learn how to back up a trailer. I've never <laughs> went to school to learn how to do any of this. Wow. But Lord, these people gave me this job and I got to provide. Yes. So Father God, I need your help. And I never, never got in a wreck. I never hit anything. Wow. Maybe once or twice I backed into something in the parking lot. I'm well, I ain't going to lie. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. But, it's all right. Those <laughs> things are not easy to do. You, I backed into a couple of things. I've hit a couple okay. of walls too. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, you know, but you get your bearings after a while and you begin oh, yeah. to get comfortable with it. And so... God blessed me there. Um, you know, I, I've done a whole lot in this life, good and bad. Right. And, you know, when I, when I think back to the leg situation, I was driving the trucks for the oil field, hauling the frac sand. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, uh, Pedro and Tara, I had a different woman for every day of the week in my truck. Mm. I, was, I began to live that kind of life. You see, the Bible tells us, that the greatest desire of man, the greatest want of man is a relationship with God. Mm. When you look back at the creation story and you understand that the very first sexual encounter was not when Adam and Eve met. Mm. We miss the very first sexual encounter when we forget that God knelt down into the dirt and breathed life into Adam. That's true. That was the first sexual encounter. Now, of course, there, it was not intercourse in the way we think of it. Right, right. But it was an intercourse of one individual, one being's power passed on to another. Yes. And then man became a living soul. Mm -hmm. You yes. see, we come into this life not knowing who we are. We're abused. Our parents perhaps may have not treated us the right way. Uh, family members and friends may have teased us. They may have said things about us. They may have made us feel as if we weren't worthy. Right. Um, society, again, tells us that unless you look like this person or sound like this person, mm -hmm. got muscles like this person and right. are gifted like this other person, that you're not valuable. Mm -hmm. And we come up in life looking for ourselves, yes. not understanding that the moment we took our first breath, that value was placed in us because we are breathing, not just air. We're yes. not just breathing in and out and giving uh, carbon dioxide when we exhale, 
That is actual life from a creator who sits in a, on a heavenly throne. And when we understand that that is the power that's in our lungs, then we begin to know that we are never alone. Yes. That we are never alone. But, you know, it takes often sometimes for bad events in our lives to happen for mm -hmm. us to know that. Oh, yeah, I grew up in the church. I knew I knew what it was what it meant to do right from wrong. Mm -hmm. I knew all of the do's and the don'ts. But I did not know the one who breathed bright breath into my lungs. I didn't know him for as a personal savior. And so I started to fill my life with things, predominantly drugs and women. I filled my life with that. You know, I got married the first time in 2001 thinking that it would fix my sexual appetite. Right. Thinking that if I just hopped in a marriage and that would slow me down. And, you know, a lot of us have made those mistakes Definitely. um you know we felt like well you know this thing that's you know that i'm carrying in my private area i mean it's meant for <laughs> some you know i, I you know I, and it feels a certain way when i'm around certain people right. um it, it makes me feel good right. and at least for a moment or two i can escape reality mm -hmm. so we start excusing life's trials through pleasure Yes. Okay. And uh, that's what I did. I did not know God. I didn't have a working relationship. And sex became an idol. Yes. And when my first marriage began to hit troublesome waters, I realized that there was either two choices. Either I was going to buckle down and go through the, the fire of affliction with my wife due to the poor choices that I had made because I had basically turned her heart off towards me mm. and I could decide to be patient and work it out in the way that God would have me to, right. or I could go out into the world and entertain other women and get the things that I needed that way. Mm. And uh, that's what I did. In fact, Tara, when I met you in 2016 mm -hmm. and I came and saw you and uh, Justina mm -hmm. at Oakwood college, right. I didn't stay long. If you remember, I, I stayed for a few minutes and I left, I had women lined up. Mercy. That was the kind of lifestyle I was living. Wow. And because to me, the only peace of mind I had was in that few moments of either snorting a substance up my nose, smoking something through my lungs, wow. or engaging a woman in sexual activity. It was the only peace of mind I had. And then to, 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 to quiet the, the noise in my mind, because at that time, I was still very much married. Right. Yet I had women all throughout the, the city of, Shreve, of Huntsville, nice. uh, a woman for every day of the week. I was trying to fill my life with all of these things. And I began to realize quickly, hey, this 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 is this is in peace. Right. This is not happiness. Now, let me pause because I can continue. I know that you guys got questions. Um, I don't want to take over here. Let me pause. Oh, no, you no, guys no, 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 you're absolutely fine, man. We want you to talk. We want you to tell you. Tell us your story. So we know. Right. Okay. Well, I, let me let me back up a little. Then, I want the audience to know and understand that first and foremost, like I said, if you understand that the relationship between you and your Savior is the paramount uh, 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 thing in your life, when you do begin to understand that, then it begins to quiet the storm in your life. You see, the storms don't stop. Let me remind mm -hmm. you that when Adam, sorry, not Adam. When the disciples were in the ship with Christ, just because they woke Jesus up 
did not mean, or just because rather Jesus was there with them, it didn't mean that the storm would not rise up anyway. Right. Let, me, let me rephrase that. Many of us think that when we come to Christ and we start a relationship with Jesus, that his presence is going to omit the storms. Mm. But the very story of them being on the Sea of Galilee with Christ in the boat tells you that a storm can very much uproot itself or uh, ab abruptly come about even right. when Jesus is on deck. Yes, definitely. There are storms in this life. And like I said, the storms that many of us have faced have been abuse as a child, mm -hmm. whether it was sexual or physical. Mm -hmm. I was abused, not sexually, but I do remember that the devil introduced sexual sin into my life early on. Mm. The year was 1991 again. And I remember my father sent me to the back trunk of his vehicle to get a magazine or rather, sorry, I can't remember what he asked me to get. But when I went to his back trunk, I found magazines in the back trunk of his car, Playboy mm. magazines right. that he was hiding, obviously, from my mother, right. his wife. And uh, when I saw these images at the age of nine years old, eight years old, it did a number. Three years later, we moved to the Bahamas. Now, I told you guys before, if I had not say now, we moved all over the place. Most of us had the privilege of being able to live maybe one or two places while we grew up, but never very much more than that. Right. You know, we, we, we may have moved from one community to the next, and then we settled. You know, by the time we came along, our parents were settled. They had good jobs et cetera, right. et cetera, at least for some of us. Right. But then you have another group of us that were uprooted every two or three years. And that's where I fall. Mm. I fell in that category where my folks, because of the instability in their marriage, because of my father's cheating ways, mm. because of the lack of stability that we had financially, we mm. were always uprooted and move, moving from one place to the next. And because my mother was from the Bahamas, we would make a move that would get us either in the Bahamas or as close to it as we could. Mm. So that meant Florida, Atlanta, places that would only be a two or three hour flight from that location to where my mother was from. We right. would constantly do that because my father was not a stable provider. Right. And we needed to be close to my mother's family so that we could get funds so that they could come and check on us. They, everybody knew that my father was abusive that he had been to jail a few times for his behavior with me. And so I guess you could say we were the family that everybody had to kind of check up on, right? right? And right. so when I, as we were coming up, I found these magazines and I buried myself in pornography use mm -hmm. at the age of nine. Now, three years later at the age 12, we were in the Bahamas during one of our, our stays there at my grandparents' home. Right. You remember the old fashioned satellite that used to be in the backyard? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About I eight to six feet. Did you really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. TV, baby. You had to have a little machine. That's right. On the roofs and put them together. You get the signal. You put the you put it northeast or northwest, whatever way it was, and they'd be like. Beep, 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 That's beep, right. Beep, beep, That's beep. right. Then you, would, then you would tighten it up, run the cord, hook it up, make sure they get the signal. Hmm. Okay. TV boxes. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you so you're familiar. Well. Well, back in the 90s, you remember they had the old-fashioned six-foot to eight-foot satellite dish oh, yeah. in the backyard, and you would turn this to the, 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 the dial on the, in the house, and mm -hmm. the antenna would shift, and it'd pick up your signal. Well, you remember you could get everything that you wasn't supposed to get on that. Mm 
you could pick it up. Okay. Right. <laughs> and uh, I remember one evening I'm looking for the Disney Channel. I'm 12 years old and I'm home unsupervised. Mm. And I come across live action pornography mm. for the very first time. Now, I had seen the images in a magazine, but at 12 years old, I began to see uh, the live action uh, pornographic images. Right. And that began in my life a secret sin. And I'm mm. going to I'm going to jump into this because a lot of men and women, even married men and That's women true. struggle with self-abuse, mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. masturbation. Right. Now, I started it at the age of 12 and it wasn't like I looked for it. I didn't know anything about it. I, I stumbled upon it partly due to the instability of the lives that we lived as kids. And right. then secondly, because I was unsupervised in a place where I should not have been. The Internet, uh, the television is a dangerous place. Right. And often we as parents will allow for the television and the Internet to babysit our children because we're busy trying to make a dollar. That's well, that's how it was with me. Wow. My folks were busy trying to make bread, trying to make ends meet. And therefore, I fell through the cracks. And when I found out what sex was, I remember I started fondling myself. And then I had a cousin, a female cousin that was about a year older than me. And I remember we'd be sitting in places alone and she would put mm. her hands in my, in, in my pants. She would touch me. And, you know, I imagine I was only 10, 11 years old at the time. That made me wonder who was doing that to her Mercy. for her to be doing it to me. You understand? Right. And right. many of our stories are riddled with 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 situations like that. Yes. Um, we unfortunately came into a knowledge of adult activity the wrong way, right. even when we were children. And you see. There's a spirit of prophecy, for those of you that understand the sound of my voice, that don't know what spirit of prophecy is. Basically, I'm going to put it like this. There's a little old lady that lived and died in 1915. And she wrote some books about spiritual warfare, mm. about the warfare that we struggle and fight against in this life. And she said in one of these books that at the birth of every child, Satan and his angels are on deck watching mm. to see those children come and escape through the matrix, which, of course, is the mother's womb. Right. And I've asked myself, Father in heaven, please. I've asked myself, there's a, a wasp flying around me. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I've asked myself the question many times. Why would the devil and his angels be on deck watching the children come out of their mother's womb? I've asked that question a hundred times. And you know, I believe the Holy Spirit has given me an answer. Satan is a spiritual being. Mm -hmm. He can see your assignment. Mm -hmm. And he can see it most pure when you first come out of your mother's womb. Mm. Your assignment is most pure. Your assignment is read the minute you escape your mother's womb. And so the devil is there and he sees, oh, that's a preacher. I've got yes. to prepare a problem or, or, or an issue in his life to get him off track. Oh, she's a teacher. I've got to prepare a situation, a temptation, a trap to get her right. off course. Oh, right. that's a, for a future doctor. That's a future lawyer. That's a future uh, influencer. Let me put certain things in his or her life early to sidetrack him. 
That is why I believe that the enemy is present at the birth of every child. Now, we know Satan himself is not omnipresent. Mm, so no. when, when the spirit of prophecy says that Satan is on hand at every birth, that means he's got his angels or demons rather employed, giving orders. Hey, this is happening over here. This right. is happening over there. Right. And, you know, I mean, it, it has to be the case because early on certain things, certain struggles come into our lives and we don't know why we're struggling. We don't know why we've got a propensity. Then you've got to, uh, to calculate uh, the hereditary things that are passed down. Mm -hmm. Your father mm -hmm. was a pimp or your mother was a drug addict or your father was an alcoholic or you saw people in your home consuming drugs. Right. You, you, you heard about the stories of your mother's and father's promiscuity and that was passed down to you. I'm telling you, we come into this life. The enemy is already prepared to defeat us. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. And yeah. if we don't understand this, we get to that point, you know, especially when we're young people, we figure that religious things are unnecessary. Hey, I hadn't lived my life yet. I haven't experienced nothing yet. And we kind of get cross with our parents or with any elders that are trying to steer us the right direction because we figure, hey, I, 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 I'm subject to be able to enjoy myself at least for a little bit before right. I get into spiritual things, right? Right, right. Mm -hmm. We kind of we expect that that's the way life ought to be. But I can take you to the cemetery and show you tombstones of, uh, tombstones of young people who in the middle of their lives that they were playing around, drinking, smoking, sleeping around, they didn't make it out of that life. Mercy. They never made it. They never escaped out of that phase of life. And their fates are sealed. The mm. Bible says that the dead know nothing. That's right. And That's so right. somebody under the sound of my voice right now is saying, well, man, you know, uh, God has uh, set us back. You know, we're at a disadvantage. You know, we come into this world already in sin because the bible says i'm born in sin and right. shaping in iniquity mm -hmm. then i've got to deal with the hereditary tendencies that are passed down from my parents then i've got to deal with the hurt and the shame of being isolated perhaps being told i'm fat or being told i'm ugly being told i'm stupid maybe right. not having the kind of love from my mother and father that i expected to have how do i battle all of that mm. very good question and i want to answer it this way you know, there are things in this life that we only learn through trials, mm -hmm. through error, right. through loss, mm -hmm. and through calamity. Now, I'm not saying that we've got to do stupid things right. in order for the Spirit of God to rest on us. I'm not saying that. Right. What I am saying, however, is that just like a person goes to college for four years and fails perhaps in a course, and it has to pick up that uh, uh, that requisite again the next semester. Life right. and religion and and Christianity is the same. We may we we come into this life trying to figure out who we are, and we may fail trying to figure it out. That's mm -hmm. okay. Get back mm -hmm. up and take that prerequisite again. We right. may fail trying to figure out who God is. We may fail in our understanding of who God is. That's okay. Get back up, dust the dirt off, pick up that prerequisite again. Keep trying. Life extends opportunities for us to get to know God. But see, the person who shuts God off, who turns him down in their thoughts because they have been given a bad deal, because life has not been fair, that's the person who gets beyond, uh, I shouldn't say beyond grace, 
But what I want to say is that that's the person who begins to think that, you know what, I can do this on my own. Right. I don't need God. God hadn't done nothing for me. You're an absentee landlord. You threw me into this mess and then you told me to swim. So now I'm swimming to the best of my ability. I don't need you, God. I'm focused on career. I'm mm -hmm. focused on fame. I'm focused on maybe again, sex, drugs, alcohol, something to drown my pain. However, even in those type of situations, if somebody has ever taken that upon himself, God can still work and still bring about a realization as to who he is because God meets us where we are. Well, let me, let, let me say this. Amen. My wife and I, my first wife, we began to have a lot of turbulence. And it was due to my cheating ways. The very first month we were married, I remember I moved to Louisiana where her and her family were. I was working at Subway mm -hmm. and a fine young lady walks into Subway one night. I'm making sandwiches and uh, she asked me for my phone number. Now, I hadn't been married a month. <laughs> wow. And uh, I remember this young lady was so fine. I mean, she was fine to where it made me, you know, consider like, man, I don't know if I want to miss out on this. You know, that's how fine she was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay. I said, well, let me compromise. I told the young lady, I said, look, if you come back in here the next night at such and such a time, I'll give you my number. Expecting for her to never sew back up. Mm. Man, brothers and sisters, when the next day <laughs> came, she was on time. Wow. At the exact time I told her <laughs> to come. Was she, she was ready. ready. She was ready. definitely ready. And I was placed in a situation where... I had to keep my promise. Now, mind you, I had just gotten married. Mm -hmm. And again, I said to you guys earlier that many of us think that getting married is going to fix our sexual issues. Yes. Uh, yes. That if I get married, if I marry her, if I marry him, you know, I'll have a steady supply of sex mm -hmm. and I'll be mm -hmm. able to lay in bed with this person whenever I'm ready. Right. And that works for about a month or two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Max. <laughs> but then when you get to looking at the reality that I got to pay bills with this person, I've got to right. live with this person. Mm -hmm. I've got to be exclusive to this person. I can't be dipping and dalving and other people and having sex with others. I'm committed now. I've got to keep this commitment. That's when the problems really come about because you never were really mature to begin with. Mm. You only got married to satisfy your loins. Mm. Right. And yes. so when this young lady came into view, I remember I gave her my number. We started a relationship and I was on probation. I had been arrested a year before for cultivation of marijuana. I figured if I can grow it, why buy it? Ooh. And uh, I was growing my own weed in right. Tyler, Texas. And I remember when this situation took place, I got busted because I didn't have a record. They right. basically slapped me on the wrist and said, look, we're going to give you a year of probation. I got married to my ex-wife and I moved about an hour down the highway into the city of Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana, right. which is about 90 miles away from Tyler, Texas, where I was living and caught the charge. Right. Well, they would allow me probation, but I would have to drive back to Tyler every month to see my PO, probation mm -hmm. officer. Mm -hmm. And I remember one evening, this was after I met the young lady at Subway, we had started a relationship. I had not had sex with her as yet, but we were getting very close. Mm. And I was beginning to tell her the truth about who I was, that I was married. I had learned 
a little that if you tell a woman the truth, you may get a little further with her than if you lie. Right. And right. Uh, so I told her that I was married. She accepted it. She was young. I was 21 at the time. She might have been 19. I was right. 22, 23. She might have been 19. Right. And uh, actually, she was 19. So I remember when I had to visit my probation officer one particular week, I said to the young lady, I said, Chevelle, do you want to go with me to Texas? And she says, for what? I said, I need to see my probation officer. I said, I'm tired of just kissing and touching on you. I want to go all the way. And mm. after we see my probation officer, we can get a room. My wife was pregnant with my first child. Nice. And Chevelle, she agreed. I remember she said, okay, fine, let's do it. We got into her car and we drove the 90 miles from Shreveport to Tyler. This was my third visit to my probation officer since I had been put on probation. The first two times they had never drug tested me. So I, begot, I became brave and I said, you know, I'm going to start smoking weed. They hadn't drug tested me the first couple of times. And weed was always the kryptonite in my life. I mean, at the age of, uh, a matter of fact, when I met your sister, Pedro, uh, Justina, in right. 2006 at Atlantic Union College was when I began to smoke weed for the first time. Mm. And uh, I remember uh, that blew my mind. Um, I became completely infatuated with the marijuana and it, it, the, the, this, the, the habit grew a year and a half or so later when this story took place, I was still smoking it. Um, now I had claimed giving myself to God. I had claimed that I had loved the Lord and had had a few conversion experiences, but I would always come back to that weed. Mm. Well, I took the young lady to see my probation officer. We parked her car. I gave her my wallet and $300 worth of cash and the keys to my wife's car, no. which I had parked in Shreveport in a location, <laughs> making her think that I had took the car to Texas. Mercy. When in reality, I just parked it in a location, left it there and was going to come back to it once me and this young lady had our time. Right. Well, when I went up to see my probation officer, she sat me down. We talked. I got up and as I'm walking out, she froze me with the words. We hadn't did a drug test on you yet, Mr. Battles. Oh. And I froze to death because I'm like, oh, my goodness. I had just smoked some weed. Wow. I had just smoked some weed. I knew that weed was in my system. And I had just gambled the fact that you weren't going to drug test me this time around because you hadn't done it the first two times. Right. Man, when that woman told me that, she froze me in my tracks. I could feel my heart stop beating because I've got a young woman downstairs in her car waiting for me. My pregnant wife in Shreveport, Louisiana, 100 miles away, waiting for me to get back at some point in that afternoon. I can't go to jail right now. Man, I remember when that woman took me in that bathroom. Actually, she got a male probation officer to take me in the bathroom. They watched me pee. That way I couldn't fabricate the, the test. Right, right. They watched me pee, and that pee came back dirty. Brothers and sisters, man, I looked up in the sky and I said, Lord, what am I going to do? And even at that point, they almost let me go. Whoa. But she was a rookie. She had just started her career. So she said, right as she said, well, Mr. Battles, we'll just see you next month. I was about to fly out of that room. And she said, you know what? Right as I walked out the door, she stopped me the second time. And she said, let me call my boss and see what he wants me to do. I said, golly, I knew what it was going to be. 
I knew what it was going to be. And sure enough, they put my yellow tail in jail. Mercy. And uh, I remember, I remember sitting in that cell, worried to the max, trying to figure out what was it I was going to tell my wife? How am, is, how am I going to tell her, first of all, how am I going to explain how I got to Texas? Because her car is still in Louisiana. Mercy. How am I going to explain that? Then how am I going to get my wallet and my money and the keys to her car from the young lady who's somewhere in this police precinct waiting for me to possibly bail out? I was Mercy. sick. I was I sick. Let me love. tell you the spirit of God. Let me tell you. Mercy. God always has a has his eyes on you. Mm -hmm. I remember that morning I called my mother and told her that I was coming into Tyler, Texas to visit my probation officer. And I, it was a quick call. I didn't really spend a lot of time with her. And, uh, you know, this whole time, I've got the young lady with me. I remember we stopped at a gas station on the way in. I bought a pack of condoms and I was about to do my thing. As soon as that probation officer would have let me go, I would have been knee deep in some trouble. Let me just put it like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, having called my mom, I guess the spirit of God rested on her conscience. Mm -hmm. And so I, after about an hour and a half, two hours of sitting in the police station behind bars, they come to my cell and they say, you got a visitor. And I'm thinking that it's the young lady trying to figure out how to get back to Louisiana. She was completely lost. She didn't know how to get back to the to Shreveport or nothing. She was completely dependent on me. And uh, I remember when I went to the little telephone that they've got set up with the glass, it was my mother and one of my younger sisters. I've got four sisters. Mm -hmm. And I looked at them like, what are y'all doing here? Number one, <laughs> how do y'all know I'm here? <laughs> and my mother looked at me, she had her, she had my keys and my wallet, my wife's keys and my wallet in her hands. Mm. Remember, I told y'all I gave them to the young lady. Yeah, I, was about yeah, I remember to that. I'm, I'm trying to see where you're gonna go with this. Right? <laughs> so I looked at my mom, I looked at my sister, and I'm just like, what's going on? And uh, they, my mom said, Andre, I know you like the back of my hand. Uh, she said, you're my only like son. Ain't nobody know you like your mama. Yep. She <laughs> said, I know you like the back of my hand, son. She said, I walked into this police precinct and the minute I walked in, I saw a young lady sitting in the corner crying and I knew she was here with you. <laughs> she said she walked up to that young lady and she said, young lady, what's wrong? And she said, the young lady spilled her guts and started telling the story about how she had come here with a young man from Shreveport, Louisiana, and that she had his keys and his wallet, $300 worth of cash. And she didn't know how to get back to Louisiana. She was stuck there and she didn't know what to do. My mother said, that's my son. Mm. My mother got my wife's keys, my wallet, gave the young lady directions how to get back to Shreveport. And the young lady went about her business. And when my mom came and explained the story to me, I was flabbergasted. I couldn't believe it. I spent two months in jail. Mercy. I spent two months in jail. That started a long line of bad behavior in my marriage. Mm, you would think you, that. Go ahead, Brother Pete Pedro. I'm sorry. How did you handle the car? <laughs> you didn't get it. You know, how how, you how did I explain that? How did yeah, I, I explain that? You know, um, 
I lied. First and foremost, I lied. I, I told my wife, my wife at the time, I said, look, dear, I've got a cousin that lives in Texas. It was his birthday. Uh, I had got him to agree to come and scoop me up out of Shreveport. And we drove down to Texas together. He took me to my P.O. And uh, we were going to celebrate his birthday. And then he was going to drop me back in Shreveport. I carried that lie until my first child was born. Gotcha. And, I, you know, they, the Bible says that there is no peace for the wicked. And it mm -hmm. also says that the, the way of the transgressor is hard. Mm -hmm. and, and it is so true because, I mean, my conscience would not quiet down while I carried that lie with me. And miraculously, I was able to carry that lie for about seven additional months. My wife did not find out how I actually got to Shreveport, or rather, mm -hmm. sorry, Tyler, Texas that day. But after my first child was born, I remember I was praying one day and I asked the Holy Spirit for his help to be honest. Because one thing about me, as though I have been a dog and I have sat here and told you already that even in my first month of marriage, I was about to prepare myself to cheat on my first wife. I've yeah. done some doggish things. Right. However, I always knew that the spirit of God was close to me. And I would say favored me when I say favor. He didn't favor me in my sin. He favored me by speaking to me. Right. His voice would speak to me to get me back on the right track. Mm -hmm. And I would uh, and I would by his grace listen. And so I remember his voice telling me, Andre, you got to make this right. Right. You didn't lie to your wife. You've been carrying this lie with you. That's why you won't stop smoking. That's why you won't stop drinking, because you're walking around with lies. Mm -hmm. And the devil is holding you hostage with these lies. You've got to let it go. Right. And when my first child was born, I told my wife the story and she about passed out. Mm. Wow. She about passed out. She couldn't believe it. Well, to make a long story short, as far as her and I went, that kind of behavior more or less continued. I say more or less because there were seasons of sobriety. There were seasons where I was to myself and was not in the streets mingling with other women. Right. However, I was so broken. And I, my excuse, rather than to get myself fixed and to present myself before the Father as I was a broken man, I kept on repeating the same behavior and hurting my wife further and further and further. I mean, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count the many women that I cheated on my first wife with. Mm -hmm. Truly, there was a woman for every different month. There were women that I had started relationships with on social media. Women I started relationships with in the community. Women whose husbands or men I was scoring drugs from that I was sleeping with on the side. I mean, it was all kind of stuff going on. And had I ever been caught with any of these brothers' uh, wives or women, it would probably be a bullet in me. I was living in Louisiana, and they don't play that kind of stuff. Oh, you know, you know what happens in the murder capital. But I was sneaking around. That's right. That's exactly right. But I was a slick character. And I was able to do certain things undetected because I, I could be whatever I was called to be. If I needed to be a thug, which, which I'm not, I right. could be that. If I needed to be a Casanova, I could be that. If I needed to be a down person to, to be ready to ride and to just show my, my, my support, I could do that. I could blend in. And that is one of the benefits, I guess you could say, of having grew up in so many different places and different communities, different cultures. I could become whatever I needed to be like that. Mercy. And so, you know, I, I, I use that to my advantage. You know, God gives us gifts. 
And he gives us these gifts to use in his service. Mm. However, the devil often exploits them first. Mm. And I use my, I, I, I would say, you know, my looks, I would use my speech, I would use my gifts. Uh, and I never was full of myself. Let me make that clear. In fact, I was a fat kid up until I was about 18 years old. I was almost 300 pounds. Really? Then it became a time where I started to exercise because I was more interested in the ladies and I did not want to be left out. Right. Um, so I started exercising. I started, you know, uh, taking supplements to try and slim down and it ended up working. And I guess you could say one day I kind of came into myself. Mm. Um, women started seeing me. People started seeing my gifts and I started exploiting them. You see, when we're empty and we don't have that breath of life in us from Christ, then we will fill our lives with things that bring temporary pleasure. Yes. And especially when you have a gift, you're talented, you're able to uh, pick up on things quickly, people mm -hmm. recognize you for your beauty or whatever, your handsomeness, then you take advantage of that because society has taught us that your value is only in what you offer mm -hmm. and only That's in true. what people uh, 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 will want to uh, uh, participate in from you or what, what they're willing to patronize in you. Oh, you're Definitely. beautiful, so walk the runway. Mm -hmm. Show off this dress. Oh, you're handsome? Then, then, then fashion these clothes for us or, or do X, Y, Z. Oh, you can speak. So, hey, in essence, what I'm saying is society teaches you that you are to be exploited for your gifts. And if you don't have any gifts, you're not valuable. Yeah. So you do that. You get into the round of that. I continue to use my life in my first marriage uh, to garner relationships until the year 2019 came around mm -hmm. and my wife had had enough. Now, I kind of skipped over the leg situation. Right. I lost my leg in 2017. And, um, you know, when I think about it uh, and my battery is dying, so I'm getting up to go and retrieve a battery power charger um when i think about it i was calling fraxan again for the oil field and uh, i remember that uh again i had a different woman for every day of the week in my vehicle right in my truck and i was riding around town doing my thing high snorting cocaine driving trucks smoking mm -hmm. weed driving trucks nothing but the grace of god that i never mm -hmm. got into a wreck and uh, I remember that um, this particular year, 2017, I was in my truck. I was at a rest stop on a recess and I took off my boots. Um, I need to come in, dear, for a charger. Yeah, my phone's about to die. And, okay. uh, you know, um, I remember being in the parking lot of this uh, rest area in my truck, I took off my boots. And uh, when I took off my boots, I noticed um, a wound on the bottom of my foot about that big. Mm. And um, I, I became afraid. Now, I was diagnosed with diabetes at the age of 14 in 1997. Oh, wow. And uh, I remember always being told that, you know, Andre, if you don't take care of yourself, um, it's going to catch up to you. Right. You, you, okay. Thank you. And, uh, and so I remember 
that being the case. Well, anyway, I was Cadillac and I didn't really care. I, I felt like, you know what? I, I'm indestructible at this point. Right. I had survived so many different things. I had done so many different foolish things that this was just another thing that I would get over. Right. And I kept on driving trucks. I kept on sleeping with the women. I kept on drinking and smoking, snorting cocaine. And three months went by, almost three months. And that wound got bigger, bigger, wow. bigger, bigger. And in fact, it got so porous that at one point, um, it began to drill a hole from the bottom of my foot through the very top of my foot. Oh, mercy. And I was so coked up, drugged up, so busy making money, so busy sleeping around and living that life that I would not stop long enough to get it taken care of. And I remember when this finally took place, when that hole started drilling itself through the upper part of my leg, uh, I was so afraid. I finally went to the hospital, finally. Mm -hmm. And September of 2017, I remember the doctor coming in and saying to me, Andre, we're sorry, but you've just waited too long. and We're gonna have to take off your leg. Mm -hmm. And oh man, you talk about at 33 years old at the time, you talk about a sad situation. Nice. I mean, at 33 years old, I'm still young. I've got two young children. Right. Although my relationship with my ex-wife was not very good, my children were my heart and joy. I mean, they were everything to me. Right. And, uh, you know, I could imagine not being able to run around and play, not chasing them around, having fun, keeping up with them. I just couldn't imagine it. Right. And at that point, I remember breaking down and crying. Thank you, dear. I remember breaking down and crying and saying to myself, Lord, I, this can't be. You know, this, this can't be. You know, it's funny how we find religion when we are in the middle of a calamity. Yeah. Now, up to this point, that that's right. It happens that mm -hmm. way. I mean, you know, I had been living my life and doing my thing. I was not worried about the future. Allow me a second just to plug this no up. Problem. I was not worried about the future. I was not worried about tomorrow. I remember Dr. Dre and Jay-Z have a song on the Carter Volume 2. Uh, the Life mm -hmm. and Times of Sean Carter Volume 2 came out in 2000. And uh, one of the, uh, the, the, I say the chorus of the song says, uh, we live for the moment. It makes sense, don't it? So mm -hmm. make dollars. Mm -hmm. And I remember that song. I mean, it wasn't one of my favorites, but I do remember listening to it and thinking about the reality of what the message was saying. They were telling you and encouraging you to live in the moment. Don't mm -hmm. worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about your livelihood for the next day. Do what you're going to do today for your happiness. Do mm. what you're going to do today for your peace. Uh, do what you're going to do today for uh, your satisfaction. Right. Um, because that's all that matters today, right? Uh, mm -hmm. That was the message. That was the idea. And uh, that's where I was in 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, when the doctors told me that I would lose my leg, I was living for the moment. And as far as I was concerned, it made sense. 
But when they told me that uh, it was time for me to have to lose my leg, I broke down. Now somebody's wondering, well, was there a conversion experience through this? You know, I fought it for a very long time. Even in the rehab after they cut my leg off, I still had my dope man bringing cocaine to me. Nice. I would call him and I would order up a package and I say, hey man, I need such and such and such. And he comes strolling into the rehab like he was coming to visit me. And, uh, you know, he'd leave the package. I'd give him the money and uh, he'd go about his business. And I'd be in the rehab snorting dope. Nice. I remember I right right before. I'm sorry, right after they cut my leg off. I had about an hour or two window to go home and grab a few things. Now, mind you, I had just gotten my leg cut off. Right. And I I made my wife give me the keys to my car. I hobbled on one leg. Mercy, one leg. I didn't even have prosthetic at the time. Wow. I hobbled on one leg and a crutch to my car, hopped in my little Toyota Camry that I was driving at the time, mm -hmm. drove to the CD area of Shreveport, Louisiana, and bought $150 worth of marijuana mm. wow. and left it in my car and parked my car at the rehab so that every day I could reward myself with a smoke. Mm. And I would go out and I would roll myself to my car in my wheelchair and go and smoke some weed every day. And they never caught me. Mm. They, they never detected me. And I was parked right outside the front of the building. <laughs> and, and I mean, you would think that these people would see me through the window. I mean, I would be right them, right? And uh, I guess they were just oblivious or the grace and mercy of God allowed me to get away with it because it would have only brought more trouble in my life had they caught me. Right. And, uh, you know, but I'm sitting there in the rehab snorting dope and smoking weed. Nice. Somebody may ask the question, uh, what happened? How did things change? Right. You know, I want you guys to know that God will give you a, a rope as long as you want it to be. Mm. And he's hoping that you will run that rope to its length. Right. That when you get to the end of that rope, you have no choice but to look up. That is where I got to. Everything started running out. Remember, I was making good money. So even after I lost my leg, I had a little bit of money on me to go and buy certain things that I wanted to buy. Right. The drugs. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that money started to, to, to fade. Friends who I thought were close by when I had two legs and women who I thought were attracted to me or people who I thought were in my corner when things were going well, slowly started to fade away. Mm. And like the prodigal son, I began to realize that, you know what? Things ain't going the way I want them to. Right. I remember that the prodigal son had a conversion experience when he was eating with pigs. He was at the lowest point of his life. He had nothing. All the money he had was gone. He had nothing to offer himself. He couldn't even feed himself. And at that very moment, the Bible says in the book of Mark, I believe it's chapter 11, if I'm not mistaken, or Mark chapter 5, rather, he says to himself, you know what? My father has nothing but food at home. Mm. I need to go back home. It was at that point where he caught himself and went back home. You know, it's the same thing with me. It was at this point in 2017, <laughs> 18, 19, as a result of losing my leg, 
as a result of watching my wife walk away from me. She had gotten tired of the cheating. Yes. She had gotten tired. I mean, this woman had put up with me for 13 years, never mm. cheated on me, never entertained another man. Mm. But you know, the human uh, body can only take so much. That's true. You can only put a person through so much hell until they fight back. Yeah. And I remember in 2019, 2018, Christmas of 2018, one leg, I'm riding around Dallas, Texas during the Christmas time. My, my wife and my children are with their sis, with my wife's ex-wife's sister. And I'm driving, lifting Uber in Dallas, Texas, making a couple of dollars before the Christmas. And there's a young lady in town that I was supposed to be ministering to that I ended up sleeping with. Mm. And, our, and this was 2018. The young lady would even call the house and speak to my ex-wife after I'd slept with her. Oh my and my wife had no idea. I mean, my wow. story is littered with foolish behavior. Wow. And I remember feeling so guilty about it, but not being able to bring myself to tell her what had happened. Mm. And finally, in 2019, I came to my senses and the spirit of God said, you need to make this right. You've got to make this right. Now, somebody under the sound of my voice is saying, boy, you stupid. Like, why would you tell your wife things that she didn't know nothing about? Right. My conscience knew. Yes. yes. And the Bible again says that there is no rest for the for the wicked. Mm -hmm. There is no peace for the wicked. That means we could lie all day and mm -hmm. think that that's going to quiet the storm in our lives. When in reality, all it does is compartmentalize the lie and put it in another place in your mind that is going to only come back up later on to haunt you. That's true. You can't That's sleep. You, 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 you can't function properly. Where you're wondering it? why you can't break away from certain habits because you're walking around in the spirit of lies. Mm. And that's where I was. So I finally confessed to her that I had slept with this young lady the Christmas before. And uh, when I said that the levee broke, she just could not handle it. Mm. And I remember she broke down locked me out of our bedroom i had to sleep in the bedroom of my daughters and she began an online relationship with a young man that eventually moved from atlanta to louisiana and they became an item oh, wow. just like that under my mm. nose now the only difference is that i had begun to sober up at this point so everything that i was putting her through while i was high she was experiencing it sober now it was my turn to experience it because mm. I was coming back around. I was beginning to surrender my life to God. I was right. beginning to confess things. I was beginning to get my life right. I was beginning to make apologies. But you know, the Bible says that you reap what you sow. That's the truth. You reap what you sow. That's the truth. And when my wife, my ex-wife decided to get into a relationship, let me just speak to the men for a minute. For a minute. Men, now that thing in our pants, we got a mind of its own sometimes. And we mm. may think, uh, for us that are <laughs> mature, for those of us that are still, you know, gallivanting and living our lives and thinking that it's okay to do what we're doing, right. we may think that it's okay to have as many women under our belt as we could possibly grasp. And that might be fun. In fact, it is fun. I'm not going to lie to you and make it seem as if sex outside of marriage is not fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some pleasure connected to it now. Let me be real. Yeah. However... There comes a time 
when you are wanting to grow up and mature and you've got to fight the debris of bad behavior and you've got to clear the air of all of the bad choices you made. Then secondly, let me speak to you husbands. Many of us have thought that it's okay because you know, men, we don't have to be in love to sleep with a woman. Mm-hmm. We just need to be infatuated with her enough to put mm-hmm. our private area in hers, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's all that that takes for a man. Now, that's usually if a woman has any quality to her, she's going to first fall in love with that man before she allows him to penetrate her. Yeah. That's usually how that works. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you married men something. You can have as much fun as you want to and have as much sex as you want to, but let your wife do it. And you're going <laughs> to know what hurt is like. Oh, yeah. Let yeah. her do it one time. I'm, I'm, I've been in that boat. Brother? I've been in that boat. I've been in that I'm very tell- same boat. Well, well then you have a story to say then. You have a story to tell. <laughs> you have a testimony, I brother. I have a testimony, but I don't talk about my ex-wives like in that in that sense. Because I, I have you. to talk to them first. So I wouldn't um, put it out there like that. But I definitely no have doubt. been in that boat. I will say that much. I've definitely been in that boat where you're right. When you're doing it, it's like, uh, it's a, it don't bother you at all. You right, don't do anything. Right. But the moment it happens to you, boy, it feels like you just got shot to the heart. Man, I'm telling you. You got your head cut off. You <laughs> lost both legs. You both, <laughs> lost both arms. You know, that's right. you, everything. You, you pretty much feel like you're dead. Like, where's that? That's right. Dead? Like, you're just like, that's right. Man, like, it, it's that's right. one time. Like you said, one time, it hurts. It only right. takes one time. I mean, uh, again, the idea simply is, Brother Pedro, Sister Tara, that most women of quality are not going to just open their legs or bend down in front of a man and allow him to penetrate her just like that. Okay. Most quality women, you've got to, you got to put some work in. She got to fall in love. She's got to be completely enamored with you. Right. But for a man, Hey man, as long as she look good and she ain't got no disease, as far as we can concern, she good to go (laughs) because it's pleasure. It's for a man, it's only pleasure. When a woman takes that route and she sleeps with a man, it's love involved. Now, you're right about that, man. You Now, you stay at the truth. Because even back in the day, you know, we used to say, just put a paper bag over. Okay, there you go. I ain't trying to be funny, but that's what, it's you know, truth. back in the day, growing, growing up, it's you didn't truth. care what they look like. You just be like, just put a paper bag over. You don't have to see the face. But you yeah, know, that's women, right. are, men, women are more emotional people. Yes. You know? Yeah, well, we know that. Yeah. You know, we get more connected. Especially my beautiful wife. <laughs> you get more <laughs> you get more connected to a person once you um you know become intimate with them. Yes. So, you know, it's a whole different level. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. It's a whole nother ball game. A man thinks it's just some fun. When mm-hmm. a woman gets to that level, it's game over. Yeah. Game over, brother. It definitely is. And uh so, I went through that. Mm-hmm. Gotta put a pin in there for a minute because we actually are like on a time. We're gonna. I told my wife that we was not gonna be today to do this podcast in one time. We gonna have to. I, have to mention, I, haven't mentioned, I didn't mention this to you because I I didn't. I wasn't sure, but I said to my wife, we're not gonna be able to do this in all one one setting because yeah. I know you have a lot a lot of um. Your story is just so broad and so so wide, and you have a lot of knowledge that you wanna give to the people and give to everybody out there listening. Definitely. So we might have two. to have you come back for a part two. That sounds good to only me. Because, only because we with the, um, we, we do Avengers Radio in London. So we have to have it in a certain time frame so that it could play on the radio. Amen. So it doesn't go over. 
So right. it's not that we don't want to sit and listen to you some more. That's all right. It's just that we have, I'm, and I meant to tell you that in the beginning, so I apologize. I should have mentioned No worries, that. brother. But yeah, we're going to have to put a pin in it right there. We're going to have to say we're going to have a part two. We definitely going to have a part two. And we're going to have you come back and give us a rest, talk how you met your wife now and what you went through on that how part. How God delivered you. how God you. delivered you and how you started Amen. your ministry and how that's been going for you. And then real quick, can you tell us where people can locate you on the different social networks? Yes, there are several ways that you guys can reach me. And first of all, thank you, Tara and Brother Pedro, for this opportunity once again. It was a privilege. I look forward to having this again. Uh, for anybody that's interested in looking for this ministry, there are a few ways you can do that. YouTube is the uh, prominent way. Um, if you were to go to YouTube into the search engine, you would type in the following. Battles, boy, broken, but whole. And that is uh, one word, no spaces. Battles, boy, broken, but whole. And uh, you would find my YouTube page there. I try to be as busy and as active with the YouTube page as one possibly can be. Um, it's a brand new page, just up now about three months. Uh, so bear with me for those of you that go there. Um, you will see that uh, it is somewhat new. Um, for those of you that are following or want to follow on Facebook, then you would go to the search engine and type in Andre, A-N-D-R-A-E, spacebar, I battle daily, spacebar, battles. That's again, Andre, spacebar, I battle daily, spacebar, battles. And you will find my Facebook page there. Now, for TikTok, I know that's more the younger generation, but there are still some of us I didn't call you old. Spell your first name again, because my wife was putting it in the thing, and she wants to make sure she's spelling it right. No, I am. I am. Okay, you got I'm it. doing yeah. it just like you do. Okay, praise the Lord. We're, we're putting it, as we're talking, we're putting it in, so I was making sure she spelled it right. Praise the Lord. That's great. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Next one. Uh, I apologize. The, the TikTok, then, would be I Battle Daily. That's how you find me on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I battle daily, one word. And uh, those are the three prominent ways that you would be able to contact me. In fact, I'm going to also leave my phone number. I know you guys in the UK, so perhaps most of your audience may be there. But the beauty of technology, you have WhatsApp. You can call me there. You can reach me there. I don't turn anyone away. Any soul uh, that needs encouragement, help, prayer, advice, etc., I am there. And that phone number is area code 318-364-6592. And uh, please feel free to utilize any of the one, uh, any of those uh, uh, options to contact me. Cool. Definitely. Um, we're going to put it on our, or we post it, we post it onto our um on the goddess ministry and on to the different sites we make sure to put those different ones up there the information yeah. the information Amen. up there um, i know todd will put it on the youtube um she'll put it in the, the description box. yeah there we go she knows better than me. she's the tech she's the tech woman i, I, I just sit here and talk <laughs> she's the beauty of the of the operation amen praise the lord <laughs> if we need it yeah yeah but yeah, yeah definitely man we want to thank you so much for joining us um Hopefully somebody's been blessed by your testimony. Yes. And hopefully they'll come back and listen to part two. We look, we're, we're already excited to hear part two because we want to hear it. 
So Amen. we're definitely going to um, <laughs> stick on for just a minute. We're going to um, wrap up, and then we're going to come back and talk to you for a minute. Sounds good. All right, just give us two minutes. All right, folks, we want to thank you for joining us on the God is Real and Well thank podcast. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you were blessed. I hope you enjoyed that. We will be having a part two um, very shortly. We will, we will set that up, and we will get that going so that we can um, hear the rest of his testimony, which is a very powerful testimony. Mm-hmm. And um, we just want to thank you all again for joining us. We hope you have a great week this week. We all hope that um, everything that you need is done in the name of God Definitely. and the Holy Spirit. And we ask that you will continue to um, support us and watch over us. Not watch over us. Support us and watch us and like and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Miss Fatima. I hope I'm saying your name right. It's Fatima. I hope it's Fatima. Miss Dorley. Her last name is Dorley. Right, Dorley. Yes, Fatima Dorley. Mm-hmm. I hope I said that wrong. I mean, right? I apologize <laughs> if I said that wrong. But, but thank, thank you, you so for much. joining us so much. And we hope that you will join us next time and that you will join us in the future mm-hmm. for other shows that we do. That's right. Um, as I say always, just um, have a blessed week, everybody. Please donate if you feel the need, or if you feel the Holy Spirit, or if you just feel that, you know, that that nice little rush in your body because uh you know we are a um ministry a ministry we're trying we're trying to do it we're our ministry we're trying to do it what god tells us to do that's right but it always doesn't mean it's cheap that's right you know everybody needs everybody needs a little help sometimes that's right. so if you want to donate you can go to cash app pilot sign god is land that's for the uk and we also have a u.s cash a usa cash app which is dollar sign real and all podcast mm-hmm. and you can also go to paypal at goddess ministry mm-hmm. you can also reach us at the goddess ministry at gmail.com if you have any questions or even if you want to come on the show we're not immune to people coming on the show you right, have yeah, a story you have to a story tell or... you have a story you have something you want to promote you have something that you want to talk about that's right um uh, we we will uh welcome you please email please get in touch with us that's right and uh, we'll be happy to um to reach out to you and talk about that and set it up for a future date. That's right. Um, we're also on Adventist Radio London. We want to thank those Adventist Radio London um, listeners for listening. We hope that you were blessed by this testimony and know that they will be a part two. And we really? just want to thank you for listening and, and, and supporting and always being there with us on the radio. So we want to thank you for that. And that's about it in the yeah. sense of Thank you again. Have a great weekend. This is Pedro. And this is Tara. And this is the God is Really Well podcast. Blessings. Blessings and peace. This is Pedro. This is Tara. And welcome to the God is Real and Raw talk show. Do, 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 do.